Network News. Where we give you a new perspective. On events happening in our world today. This is GNN. Episode 7. Welcome, GNN fans, to another exciting episode of God Network News. And today we're going to have, again, a message from Fred Markert as he tells us all about Nepal and Tibet. Some exciting things going on there in Nepal and Tibet, and so let's get right into his message. Okay, let's get serious again. We've got a lot to cover this morning yet. In Daniel 2.44, it says, it's, remember the rock struck the statue, and it's another prophecy how the kingdom of God is going to bring destruction to all the structures of idolatry. It says, it will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it itself will endure forever. So we serve a kingdom that's going to endure forever. Our work is not in vain. Our prayers are not in vain. Even when we don't see something happening right away, we can have confidence that God is using our life, our energy, our time, our talent, and treasure. Let me show you how this is happening in Nepal. You know, a Hindu country, the only official Hindu country in the whole world where it's their official state religion. There's only 20 million, though there's like a billion Hindus in India, but it's a, the official state religion. And before, just about 10 years ago, it was impossible almost to preach the gospel. We've had many YWAMers in prison in Nepal for preaching the gospel, actually. In 1956, in Nepal, there was not even one Christian. Zero. And it wasn't until late into the 80s that the very first people got saved. There were 50,000. By 92, 150,000. By 96, 250,000. And in just four years, it went to 750,000. And the church is continuing to grow in Nepal. Nepal is one of the greatest success stories for the kingdom of God. You can go to Nepal and sneeze and get people saved just from sneezing. The power of God is so strong in Nepal. It's awesome. Uh, I'll tell you one story. Uh, We were in a church. Uh, We love, in our ministry, we take uh, businessmen and stuff. We take people from churches on short-term outreaches. And we want to use their... these underground house churches well this village the church was growing so much we said we've got to bring we've got to help them now in other ways beyond just getting saved so i was in a church in the united states i said listen i need three businessmen because brothers and sisters it's not just people or the prayers or the money in the church that we need we need the skill all the skills that are locked up inside the church to complete world evangelism So I said, I need three businessmen for 10 days. 
I said, you don't have to learn Nepali. You don't have to learn the culture. Just come for 10 days. We'll change a village in, in, in Nepal. No one could believe it. They said, what can we do in 10 days? And that's including the travel time. So finally, three businessmen were willing to come, and a guy named Art, you know the story, Art, from Sean and Kit's church, take these people to this village, these businessmen, and these businessmen, they, they discover uh, their business uh, sense goes into play, and they saw, wow, we could have a great impact, because where this village was, was like uh, here, and there was a city about a long way away, it was a probably a day's walk or it was a long walk through the Himalayas and so what they did is they trained people Christians there to have a transportation business they bought them like a tractor and a cart and they taught them the Christians you know you take money you know for tickets so people get in the cart and you drive them to the city instead of them walking it saves them time you'll make money and they taught them biblical principles of economics like in these cultures they barter you know they barter for goods and the price is different for everyone that's an unbiblical economic system a biblical economic system is a balanced weights and measures the same price for everyone talked about up front so everyone knows what it costs so we taught them those principles they started bringing people in their cart from the village to the city and they started to make money <laughs> And then the people said, wow, there's stuff in the city we could use. And over the years, this has become a wonderful thing. They said, we could use stuff from here and bring it back to our village and it will help us. So you know what we'll do? We'll grow vegetables and we'll sow clothes. And now that this is happening, we can put them in the cart, bring them to the city. We'll sell them there. We can buy stuff and bring them back to the village. <laughs> And so that started to happen. These Christians were blessed. They had their transportation company grew. And it brought development to this village because people were able to have commerce going back and forth. And then Hindus were getting jealous of the Look at those Christians. They're blessed. Maybe we should become Christians too. See, and it had dramatic impact, you know. It's awesome. But everywhere all over Nepal, the gospel is spreading and God wants to use all the skills in the church, you know, to impact the world. Look at this, Psalm 22. says, All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will. See, so God wants all the nations to hear the gospel. And why does it say remember? It says remember. They'll remember. Why does it say remember? Because the Bible really means what it says. Because every single people group on earth has its roots back to Adam and Eve. Every people group on earth has its roots back to Noah after the flood. And so every, everyone alive, if you trace their heritage all the way back, it'll go back to Noah, and even beyond that, back to Adam and Eve, see? And there was a time when everyone knew God. And there's a little bit of the knowledge of God that has been transferred throughout all the centuries in every culture on earth. There's still a little bit, and that's why God says they'll remember because they used to know him. And in every single culture, in every place, there's a remembrance of the one true God, and it's called a redemptive analogy. A redemptive analogy. And what it is, is in missions, anal analogy, okay. I'm usually a good speller, I'm just, <laughs> okay. We train missionaries, find the redemptive analogy in the culture, and then you use that to preach the gospel. 
So that's why it says, remember, they all know something about God. You just have to find it and then use it. Let me show you one that I discovered. I was in Tibet, okay? And of course, you remember, here's Tibet, right here. This is Tibet. <laughs> and Lhasa's here, and we were way out in the wilderness, about 750 miles, okay? And you guys, we went to this Tibetan Buddhist monastery. I've been in hundreds of them in 30 years, hundreds. And we got to this one. They'd never seen a foreigner way out in the wilderness. All the monks came out to greet us. They said, come into the monastery and see these pictures here. In every Tibetan Buddhist monastery, they have pictures like this of the Buddhas, all the Buddhas that have come through the century. And they're up in the clouds. They wear colorful robes on horses with colorful uh, decorations on them. And usually they're all around the inside or all around the outside. You know, it's paintings of all the Buddhas who have come to earth through the centuries. I've seen this hundreds of times. But in this one monastery, I saw something I have never seen in any other Tibetan Buddhist monastery in the world. And they wouldn't let me take a picture of it, unfortunately. Up above all the Buddhas, there was a pure white horse. And on the horse, a man in pure white robes. And he was on the clouds above the Buddhas, pure white clouds. And I looked at that. I said, who is that man? I've never seen this in any other monastery. They said, no, no other monastery knows about it. It's just us. We have passed down this knowledge for thousands of years. And I said, who is he? And they said, we don't know. <laughs> they said, see all the Buddhas? See all the Buddhas? This is what we know about him. These are all the Buddhas that have come to the earth. They said, after the last Buddha has come to the earth, then this one will come to the earth. And he is not a Buddha. He will be the one true God, and his, he is a God of love. And I said, I know this God of love who will come in the clouds on a pure white horse in pure white robes. I know him. Could I tell you about him? They said, oh, please tell us about him. And I got to share the gospel for the very first time with these people. See, this is why God says, though, remember, there's a little deposit in every culture on earth of something that goes back to the time when their people were connected with the one true living God. It's called a redemptive analogy. We've got to find the redemptive analogies in the cultures and use them to preach the gospel. It is cool. That's what missions is about, okay? So Malachi, look at Malachi 1.11 says my name will be great amongst the nations from the rising to the setting of the sun in every place no place left out in every place that's what god wants incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name because my name will be great amongst the nations says the lord almighty and i don't think jesus is going to come back until that happens some more exciting testimonies of what God is doing amongst the unreached peoples of the world. And you know, you thought it was hard for God to reach unreached peoples, Tibetan Buddhists, uh, Buddhists in Nepal, but no, God is doing awesome things in people's lives, and God can use you to do awesome things too, if you'll only believe Him and receive the destiny that He has for your life. Right now, we're going to listen to a wonderful new group. This is a song done by Tony Z, and the album is called Universal Love, and the name of this song is In All Creation. Listen and rock.
There is no